0: We're back in.
1: And we are back again. And we have got anatomy on the mind.
0: It's crazy. I always think it's hilarious that the episodes we think we don't have information on are the episodes that we literally just talk clearly from some place inside our heart mm-hmm. because we just like just fill up space. And then I think to myself, why were we so stressed? So we're on to hips because the hips. We, we finished the knees and the feet. So we're on to hips and man, there's a lot to talk about with hips.
1: The hips may end up being its own episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Possibly true. Because think about it. How many people are struggling with maybe not something hip specific, but something hip related? Everyone. whether yeah whether it is tight so as whether it is tight it band whether it is low back discomfort whether it is
1: knee problems
0: instability mm-hmm. i mean w- we could go on and on and most of the time you can like root it to maybe some instability in the hips maybe you can root it to unlevel hips i know some people who are working through a lift in one shoe because even their gait you can see that that their hips aren't balanced. I mm-hmm. mean, it, the, the list goes on and on, right?
1: Well, and the hips are right there in the middle of our body. It's the, it's the midpoint for our upper and lower body for the most part. And, you know, healthy hips, you have to have healthy hips just to even sit. For standing, you need healthy hips for walking, for running, for bending, for just about anything you do in your life. You need healthy hips. So when your hips hurt, it not only causes you pain, but it interferes with just your daily life. Life it and interferes
0: how, with your sleep. Mm-hmm. How many people do you know are like, Oh my gosh, I get out of bed and my hips are so stiff, like mm-hmm. right? Or they're like, I've got I sleep with 86 pillows because I'm propping my legs and stuff. I mean, it having hips that cause you discomfort really can alter your satisfaction with life.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, how do we fix that, Tanya? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about hip stability. So a lot of things that we talk about in yoga, specifically, let's talk about neutral postures. And when I mean neutral postures, I mean that your hips are facing the front of the room and your hips are generally level. So this would be your standing mountain pose. This would be chair pose. This would be balance poses on the onset. Now, that doesn't mean that when you lift one leg out of the balance pose, that maybe you don't externally rotate that leg, but the standing leg is neutral. And the importance of checking in with hip bones, checking in with the stability of your hips from right to left and the instability or the stability of your hips from forward to backwards. And we tell people once you're here, like tip your tailbone under tip your tailbone back, try and feel the neutrality of your pelvic bowl per se. Mm-hmm. And then notice like we see it all the time. A person goes into a balance pose and they're so concerned about the balance that they take their hip and they jut it out, mm-hmm. right? Because they're like, Ooh, I'm about to tip over. So I'm just going to lean a little bit and then I'm going to hold myself balanced. (laughs) Right. Like we see it all the time mm-hmm. and it's that those sort of instabilities that will actually create weakness in the hips and low back, mm-hmm. as opposed to give yourself some grace and put your hand on the wall and instead keep your structure aligned and solidly grounded so that you're not creating a new injury or a new instability. And then you consider postures where we're not neutral, where we are maybe maybe externally rotating one leg or the other. Other. And so now we have to devise in our mind that that cup still remains level, even though the weight or distribution of our weight isn't the same. Like mm-hmm. we're not just standing equally, but we're standing unequally, but we still want the integrity of that pelvic bowl to be a bowl, mm-hmm. and not to be a tipped over teacup.
1: Yeah. So it's wonderful in poses when you have, when the instructor will tell you that you should keep your pelvis neutral or put it in a dog tilt or a cat tilt. So it is nice because a lot of times I think that our students don't really know where their pelvis is supposed to be. One of my favorite ways to help people figure out if their hips are not level is in tree pose because most people get into tree pose and that bent leg, they shove that leg as hard as they can into the standing leg. And as soon as they do that, that juts the hip out of the standing leg. So instead of if you're, if you can follow what I'm saying. So if you're standing in tree pose, you're actually pushing that standing leg into the bottom of the bent foot.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's yeah, it's <laughs> it's that equal pressure mm-hmm. between the foot pressed into the inner thigh and the inner thigh pressed back into the foot. Right. You're creating your own isometric hold.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And
0: that's and- the critical piece is making sure that it's equal pressure back to the midline because that's what's gonna also keep your spine more erect and mm-hmm. in its safest posture, too. Right. Yeah. It was really interesting to me. You know, I I reference the pillows in the knees when you sleep, but have you ever had or seen pictures of a person lying on their side and i'm i'm a hippie person like right but <laughs> i if you look at pictures of a person's spine while they're laying and how on their say right side how you can see their spine be not level mm-hmm. and the importance of just being able to lift up one or part or the other of the spine to keep your spine more neutral more neutral it's so eye-opening how much the hips are involved in that in
1: integrity yeah, have you ever tried to change your sleeping positions and doesn't it just piss you off when you're like okay i'm gonna quit sleeping on my side i gonna sleep on my back and then you wake up the next morning and you're all kinds of screwed up you're all kind of you're like this is not what i meant to happen and i, I have seen these big body pillows that you put around yourself that keep you in positions I haven't ever tried one though have you
0: Mm-mm. no but i do have some really lovely hip pillows that i use now just because i really am trying to spend a fair amount of time really checking in with the integrity of my hips, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy though.
1: Well, and your hips can be tight. What really cracks me up is all the clients that I've trained in the past in personal training, or and even the people that I work with in yoga. It's so interesting to me that people that have tight hips, they might be runners, they might do a lot of step aerobics, they might sit a lot. All of those people have the same tight hips, and it's so hard for people to wreck to realize, you know, well, why do I have tight hips? I don't do anything except sit at my desk all day long yes yes you do and so it is amazing how your hips can become tight from all different kinds of activities and even just your genetics can yeah. lead you to having tighter hips and so it's important to loosen them up and to keep them uh, moving so yoga poses can help massage can help there's a lot of things that you can do to help ward off discomfort in your hips even walking. just in yeah walking improving your posture just yeah. checking stacking the shoulders over the hips over the knees, over the ankles. That can make a difference in the hips.
0: Yeah. Oh, 100%. And then you also consider too... that uh, like your hip health and how necessary it is a couple things to recognize the, the muscles and the engagement of the parts around it that matter. So like there'll be times where we're speaking in yoga about how we talk about using equal strength in the quads and equal strength in the glutes to not shift or overshift or overcompensate the hips like to have that equal pressure on the front side of the leg and the backside of the leg so that we're not torquing at the SI joint, right? We'll also talk about the importance of the stability of the muscles of the pelvic floor in order to help the consistency of keeping the, the pelvic girdle neutral. And then also consider that we talk about the importance of drawing the belly button in or what maybe we'll call Uddiyana Banda and Mula Bandha so that we have that stability too when we talk about the stability front and back. Of that cat tilt versus cow tilt of the hips. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's it's a conglomeration of the quads, the glutes, the hamstrings, the hip flexors, the pelvic floor. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of muscles that go into the stability of the hips.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just takes one to throw it completely out of whack.
0: And it only takes one tight muscle. Exactly. Yeah. And if you have an overtight psoas, you're probably dealing with some discomfort in the low back. Maybe you're experiencing sciatica. Maybe you have a weak pelvic floor, which happens at post labor and delivery. It happens for women as they age. It happens for men as their prostates enlarge. Like, I mean, there's, there's a whole slew of reasons why we are hip. Mm, I don't want to say hip weak because that's not the right term, but the muscles and structures around the hips that are weak,
1: mm-hmm. right? Maybe. You
0: bring up sitting. Sitting is huge. Sitting Mm -hmm. is a really big problem for over-flexed hamstrings, which make for really tight hamstrings. And when our hamstrings are tight, the inability to get our hips into a safer backbend, the the inability for us to do deeper forward folding. I mean, there's so much that goes into all of the cursory muscles around the hips.
1: Mm -hmm. I've got about 10 poses for you. All right. (laughs) Let's hear it. I got a couple too. Three-legged dog is a wonderful pose to help stretch out the back of the calves and the hamstrings when you're warming up the hips. Low lunge, it helps release the tension in your hips as it stretches your hamstrings, your quads, and your groin. So those are both great. Lizard pose, this is a little more, this is a little harder pose for some people. So again... protecting the knee you may want to get tanya's uh, suka mats and use some blocks for support also but lizard pose helps stretches and opens the hip and it increases the mobility and the flexibility so even if you don't like this pose that much it's a wonderful pose and it not only does all of that but it stretches and strengthens your butt your hamstrings your spine it releases tension in your back it reduces the negative effects of prolonged sitting or inactivity so that's a great one for pretty much everyone in the world to do. Pigeon pose stretches the hips of the low back. Double pigeon stretches the muscles of the outer hips and it stretches and strengthens the glutes and the groin. Cow face pose which I don't like this which means I need to do it every day. It is <laughs> it's, a supr-
0: it's a hard one.
1: It's a hard one. It's a surprisingly deep hip opener that stretches the piriformis and the glute muscles as well as the outer legs and the IT band. Garland pose I do like that one. Um, it stretches and opens. Is the hips and the groin. Everyone loves dead bug or happy baby because that kind of stretches that whole entire area as well. Bound angle we already talked about when we talked about knees, but it's great for the hips, the addu- adductors, the groin, the quads. Frog pose is probably the ultimate hip pose. It targets your hips flexor, hip that that words are hard. It target <laughs> it targets your hip flexors, your inner thigh, your groin muscles, your core. You'll open your hips up you'll uh, open the groin muscles up it helps increase circulation and helps you to improve your posture but it's miserable to be in for very long <laughs> it is we went to a patrick beach workshop one time and he had us in frog pose for like 10 minutes and i thought i was gonna die <laughs> <laughs> Yin yeah.
0: overload, which speaking yeah. of yin, and I have a few poses too, but speaking of yin, yin is super amazing for hips. So if you know that you struggle with low back, you know that you struggle with tight IT band or tight hamstrings, yin style classes are are a great fit for you. And you'll probably find that you will hate them for exactly the same reasons Kat was just talking about. Like they can be very trying because they can be very sore. Like you can come away from them and go, oh my gosh, like what the heck did I just do to my hips?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, what
0: Yin is really focusing on is breaking down fascia that's been built up in those tight hip flexors in those tight glutes in those tight IT bands. Like that's literally mm-hmm what the focus is. Yeah, for
1: and built up for years.
0: Yeah. So some of my favorite would be again, focusing on balance poses, but like tree mm-hmm. and then moving into ego pose, because now you're working on the external rotation of the hip bones. And then you're specifically working on internal rotation of the hip bones, which is really great for all of the adductors and all of mm-hmm. the abductors in the hips, which is great for stability in the hips. The others, that I like are like proserita, which would be a standing wide leg forward fold, Mm -hmm. which is really great for lengthening your hamstrings and your glutes. But then also it's really great for creating that stability in the legs. And then consider pretty much every seated forward fold, whether it is both legs extended, whether it is Janu shasana, so it's one leg extended and one leg bent, or whether the legs are split wide leg forward fold. that you're really working into the space of the groin muscles and the integrity of all of the internal hips, muscles, and tendons. Super awesome. So just because we can, let's (laughs) proceed right up into the low back. Mm -hmm. Because we're kind of already talking about it, and we're talking about the importance of the hips in relation to the low back and in relation to the SI joint, which is just just above the sacrum and at that location where we start into the lumbar spine, which is Mm -hmm. the lower part of the spine. And it's also pretty much the trunk that holds all the rest of the upper structure in the body. Mm -hmm. And it bears a lot of weight. It bears a lot of pounds per square inch. It bears a lot of twisting and bending and carrying and holding. And so all of the things, right?
1: Yeah. And if you look at a skeleton, And you'll see how much bigger the lower part of that skeleton is in comparison. You know, there's, it's the smallest part of our spine because, you know, there's seven bones in the cervical spine, there's 12 in the thoracic, and there's five in the lumbar. An easy way to remember that is you have breakfast at seven, you have lunch at noon, and you have dinner at five. And so it's easy to remember the numbers of the spine, but we demand so much of our low back and we treat it like crap you know, how often do you ever lift things properly? I mean, you do, if you've ever hurt your back one time, you never lift in properly again for the most part, but we take it for granted until it hurts.
0: Yeah. Typically when people are exhibiting back pain, it's, they're well on their way and it's usually Mm -hmm. repetitive stress. Now that's not always, can it be something that came on, you know, rather suddenly? Yes. But typically it's more chronic than that. Mm -hmm. And, and And, you know, again, some of the things that you need to consider when we're talking about the low back is making sure the neutrality of the hips, but it's also really focusing on core intelligence, really focusing on drawing the belly button towards the spine or hugging the intercostal ribs or drawing the transverse abdominis. But just really using the strength of your core and you and I know we're in a of core poor people mm-hmm. and so really focusing on the core to protect the low back I, I feel like I say it almost in every pose draw the belly mm-hmm. button towards the spine protect <laughs> the low back draw the belly button <laughs> towards the spine protect the low back like it's
1: like a repeat yeah, on repeat absolutely and I tell people all the time one of the best exercises you can do for your core helps helps protect your low back and it's just an isometric contraction contract- suck your stomach in hold your belly in and that's going to help isometrically strengthen those core muscles and and help your low back you know we can we there's so much movement in the low back we bend so we're in extension we've got fault we can bend forward we can bend sideways we can twist the trunk so there's so much range of motion have we told everyone that um, so one thing that my husband says and you know he deals with spine pain all the time he's he works in that area but he says most of the time the people that come in that need surgery have dropped a bar of soap in the shower and not even thought about but just jerked down and reached and twisted their torso and they've herniated this or they've hurt something in their back just from those everyday movements so functional exercise is extremely important for your whole body but really for helping protect that back because we just don't think about it you guys in minnesota how many people throw their back out shoveling snow yeah Mm -hmm. and it's because of that torquing and twisting movement that you don't normally do golfers have all those same pains in their back Um, you know the lumbar spine is very strong resilient but you really don't want to force it beyond that natural range of motion that it's supposed to be in so I you know I see people in class especially like in a seated forward fold they are forcing and shoving and pushing as hard as they can to make their body go there there you know and it's not some poses like we're doing inversions people are like yeah you have fun with that but a forward fold <laughs> standing or seated they will torture their backs trying to get their body into those positions.
0: Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's pull on our feet so hard. <laughs> so I always tell students, I'm like, how about you take your hands off your feet yeah. and see where your body goes naturally.
1: Mm-hmm. But that's not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: but dang it. Tanya, you're so mean.
1: So some of the things that I have been working on lately for people in my class that have low back pain has really been more core Strengthening, So any kind of core strengthening exercises. And we've already mentioned some in some of the other classes, but any kind of core work. You know, yoga is incredible. Almost everything you do in yoga strengthens the core as long as you're engaging your abdominals, as long as you're engaging the core. Uh, a lot of times if people, when I notice, you know how people wear their shoulders up as earrings in class all the time? If you have people pull their shoulders back and down and slightly pinch the shoulder blades together, not much to jut the ribs out, but just barely pinch it, it engages your your lats. The entire, yeah, it's incredible. So there's little bitty tiny tweaks like that you can do that not only help tone and strengthen the muscles, but they help protect your body and keep your body betterly prepared for any of the poses that you're doing.
0: Yeah, 100%. So do you have some poses that you love for the low back?
1: You know, I do. I like, as far as for flexibility, I like camel pose and wheel pose, of course. I like dancer's pose. All of those, dancers is going to stretch out you know the um, hip flexors as well as the quads so a lot of times when we have back pain we have tight hip flexors or tight quad muscles you know bird dog I call it spinal balance that is an incredible pose for strengthening and if you have ever had back concerns you know that that's one of the first poses that physical therapists will have you do and when you are in class down dogs are great plank pose is fabulous trying to think of some other ones what else do you have
0: I love to consider both both side angle and triangle Mm -hmm. for really teaching spinal extension, but also really teaching the intelligence of your transverse abdominis and the abdominal muscles that are using your side body as, again, proprioception. Do you know what your spine is doing in these poses? Because a lot of times people get into those poses and they so want to touch the floor (laughs) that they'll take their spine completely out of alignment just so they can touch the floor. Mm -hmm, And so I think they're really, really important postures for teaching spinal intelligence. Like Mm -hmm. it's not about touching the floor. It's about having a nice long erect spine. Right. End of
1: story.
0: (laughs) Right? (laughs) And then I like low bridge too, because for people who can't get into full wheel, maybe because they have struggled with back injuries, low bridge is great because Mm -hmm. it is again, really training the equalization of, the strength on the anterior chain, so all the muscles on the front side of the body, and equalizing them to all the muscles on the posterior chain, so that you're not overcorrecting one side of the body or the other, but you're keeping the spine neutral. Mm -hmm. Again, really lovely to be able to teach the intelligence of isolating. Okay, let's talk quad and glute. Okay, now let's talk hip flexor and psoas. Now let's talk core in the front of the body and core in the back of the body. And most of the time you say core and people automatically assume we're talking abdominals and abdominals only, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They forget how important the muscles in the back are to Mm -hmm. core
1: stability. Well, they can't see those. They want to see the six pack in the front. Yeah. Oh, a (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Yeah. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and you know what? We have now made a two part series. It looks like, looks like we're moving into a three part series.
0: (laughs) Or four. Who knows? (laughs) Depends on how it goes. But yeah. Yeah, so um, anatomy one was feet and knees, and now we've done anatomy two on hips and spine, and we're going to move into anatomy three and hopefully cover wrists, elbows, shoulders.
1: Oh, and don't forget the cervical spine. We got to still hit that cervical and thoracic spine too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to get all that.
0: It might be anatomy part 86 by
1: the time we're done. Well, tune in next time. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis.
0: We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions.
1: Email us at pod at gmail.com.
0: And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Pod.